sport program. So life's good. And yeah, it's it's been a heck of a year. And and I think you're right. I think the last time we were in studio was sometime around, you know, October. Yeah. And then it was back to okay, let's let's have them on the phone. And now it's okay, you can have people in the building again talking specifically here, which um which kind of brings us into our, our first conversation, which is the attendance um, and and with Louisiana going into phase three, what that means. Now, it's been reported. We reported it. You guys released the information mm-hmm. about uh, um, increasing capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the capacity increased by third. Let's start with with Russo Park increased by thirty seven percent. So now, total capacity of eighteen hundred ninety seven. That's right. Um, you said, "Look, still wearing masks. That's that's still encouraged. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you're not eating, keep the mask on." But mm-hmm. uh, what what went into that decision? And because as soon as the the governor released the new phase, you got it didn't take long for you guys to say, "Okay, this is how it's going to work here." So, what goes into all of that? Had you guys prepared beforehand? Did you know what was coming? Well, you know, you always try to anticipate and and you know, read, read the tea leaves a little bit just to see what, what to expect. But at the end of the day, you, you really don't know until you know, because even though the the state comes out with their guidelines, right, they still come up with specific guidelines per the venue. So Russo Park is going to be different than uh, a, a venue up in Monroe, Louisiana. So it's going to it's gonna vary based on uh, the venue and, and its structure and how that stuff comes together. So even though they say, hey, we're at 50%, that doesn't translate to each and every venue. Also, when you're, when you're talking about sport venues, keep in mind, until social distancing gets adjusted from the six-foot radius, right? So like today, we're six feet apart from each other. That impacts the actual uh, capacity or manifest, if you will, for the venue, because we can't have seats that are within six feet of each other from any direction, right? Uh, one thing that did get adjusted is the ability to put seats towards the aisle, um, and, and that was something where it used to be six foot from each aisle way. You had to be you know further away from the aisle, where now it's only three feet. So they've cut that in half, which is really where you open up the capacity and where we're able to jump 15% uh, to, to get to the 37% overall uh, capacity of Russo Park, which is great. We're excited to see fans get back out there. Uh, gives a lot more folks an opportunity to come out to Cajun games, whether that be softball or baseball. Uh, so it, it's been interesting to navigate that. But compliments to, to several folks, but John Duga, you know, Siobhan in our ticket office, uh, our, our communications team for really getting that information going. Uh, and making sure that we're ready to roll on these things. But we've had a lot of folks uh, put their hands on this, and it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of communication with our campus partners uh, within risk management to make sure we're all on the same page and lockstep on this because it is something that's very, very serious that you have to you know, take, take into consideration. But also you want to make sure that you're maxing out, right? You want to maximize the, the inventory that we have uh, to get people in the stands. 37% increase for Russo, 17 for Lamson Park. You explain why every ballpark all over the country is going to be slightly different mm-hmm. based on, okay, new phase, what's the capacity? Mm-hmm. Um, this time of year, we call it the overlap here uh, in radio world. It's just mm-hmm. it's extremely busy. We're getting all the games on different stations. That's Who's right. where? What equipment do they have? What city is this in? If they win, they'll also do this. If they don't, then we'll go here. And my point is, people ask me a lot, boy, it's a fun time of year. I'm like, describe fun. Now, 
part of it is fun because the teams are playing, you know, the women's basketball team, the one, the two, yep. the diamond sports are great. The fan base is great. My point is it's stressful and people ask and I'm like, yeah, you know, you just, you, you work in the morning, you work at night, you move things around. And then they're like, well, is it the same for the athletic department? I'm like, they're, they're busy as, as ever. And they, and I'll, but I also add, this is something they have to do that I, I'm glad I don't have to deal with. And that is the tickets. Because for the Diamond Sports, the fan bases, as we know, are extremely passionate. And with limited capacity before the season, you know, I hear from softball fans, I'm like, look, I don't sell tickets. So, like, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, don't come to me. Like, what about this? What about that? So, the benefit of having a larger increase, mm-hmm. you can have more people in there, and there is a demand for tickets in both sports. My question to you is, and I know you've answered it for probably plenty of people, what is the process of, okay, now we have this much more space, here is how you can get a ticket, and if you're eligible to get a ticket, et cetera, et cetera. No, I, and I really appreciate you highlighting this and giving us a chance to, to mention this on air, too. It gives us a chance to really – Talk to the masses here right now on this because it is it, it's a, it's a frustrating process for so many because there is only a limited amount of inventory and we're lucky in this next phase here that it allows us to open up new new capacities within our venue. Um, but the first thing here is you know we wanted to make sure that we maxed out the amount of individuals that had access to tickets this year. So going through the first round of allocations. Uh, we wanted to split up the season packages. Uh, now, I will tell you, we do have fans that make it to every single game, and so we're so grateful for that. But for the majority of folks, they're going to miss some opportunities there. So what we decided to do was split the packages in half, a vermilion and a blanc package, right? Mm-hmm. You know, red and white package uh, that had a very comparable uh, schedule for each. So we went through that allocation uh, several weeks ago for both softball and baseball. And again, we're so grateful for the passion uh, of our fan base too, and that's one thing that we want to make sure that we continue to, to ignite that and, and and stoke that fire and get keep people excited and keep them engaged was a big thing. So this second phase now, or going into phase three, if you will, uh, is an opportunity for us to do another round of allocations. So of the new inventory that became available because of the the guidelines within phase three, uh, that opened up you know respectively you know a couple hundred seats for baseball and, and almost a hundred seats for for softball. That gives us a good opportunity to to go back to that list that was right where the cutoff was where folks we had to unfortunately call them and say hey I'm sorry you you weren't eligible to get season tickets this year. We get to restart that allocation from where that cutoff was and start going down the list. So those calls actually started. Uh, yesterday morning, uh, we took care of softball immediately because we had a game last night. So we made through those allocations. And then baseball picked up later in the afternoon and will continue today up until till, till, uh, game time tonight. So we're really excited about the ability to get, again, the, a, a significant increase in attendance for these events, but also allowing these folks who are so passionate about our diamond sports to get access into our venues. Uh, and we did with this second allocation, we also did it in the vermilion and white package. So let's say you had another 400 seats at baseball that opened up, right? Well, split that, you know, multiply that by two because it's technically two packages. So we're extending the amount of uh, investors and season ticket members that have access to our games just from that new capacity because of the split package. So we're really excited about this. Uh, and this, the phone calls have been going really well. A lot of people are really excited just to have an opportunity 
Um, one thing we did, just because some of the games have been missed this season, is we prorated the ticket cost. Uh, we did not prorate the, the donation because the donation gives you access to purchase the seats, but we prorated the ticket cost to allow folks just a little understanding of missing three games from those respective packages. Um, but again, those those allocations have been going really well, and we're grateful for everyone's patience through this process, as I know it's challenging, and I know you all are very passionate, and we're doing everything we can uh, to work through this quickly and efficiently. So donation kind of dictates perhaps the, the pecking order, and then from yeah. there it is, um, do you want it? Most yes, I want it. Absolutely. Otherwise, they're probably not donating because it's not that passionate. Yeah. Uh, so you probably you probably don't get too many. Nah, I can't use them. I'm sure it's yes, thank you when you make that call. So if yes. somebody gets that call today, I know they're uh, they're going to be excited. But is that is that the hardest part of the job, Nico? Knowing that it there is a lot of fans in different sports. There is no way to please everyone. <laughs> It's impossible. I mean, it, it literally is impossible, and everyone wants – like, is that – I know that's the goal, but also know it's impossible. Is that the hardest part of the job, knowing that this impossible goal I can't complete 100%, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bat 1,000? Yeah, I mean, you absolutely got to give it everything you can, and uh, sometimes you, you do it better you know, better than others. And, and managing expectations in any industry is probably one of the harder things. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way because – Knowing that our fans are this passionate about UL, uh, and this doesn't, this isn't just the Diamond Sports, although they're very passionate, right? Uh, you have some great group of folks that get out there to these games, but this, we're lucky here at UL. We have great fans across the board, whether it be football, uh, volleyball, I mean, women's and men's basketball. Uh, shoot, our track team has been competitive and has a lot of uh, of excitement around it. Uh, so you go all around the board, soccer, soccer yeah. golf. I mean, yeah. I, I could keep going yeah. on, yeah. Um, you know, you talk about what Lance Key's doing over there. I mean, we're hitting record attendance crowds during pandemics. <laughs> like, this is incredible. So we got a really good thing going on here. And uh, and that's where I would just tell you, for me, it's it's a positive, right? That the fans are passionate and they care and they want to spend their time, talent, and treasures uh, with UL. And I think that's that's that, to me, makes all of it worthwhile. That's the, that's the approach, right? Nico Yankee, our guest, ESPN 1420. I'm Scott Prather. If you're listening on the stream, the Listen Live stream on your desktop, mobile device, mobile app, and connected cars, and on smart speakers, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market. In the oil center, Champagne's going the extra mile. I, um, I, I Equipment's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Talent's all over the place. All these radio stations. Mm-hmm. One or two things isn't perfect. I'm going to get called names in an email or or this or that. And someone's like, how do you handle that? I'm like, look, it just means they're passionate. It means yeah. they care. Because if something goes wrong and I don't get a single complaint, yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Um, is it fun? No, because you, you want it to go perfect. It, yeah. You try to bat 1,000. When it doesn't and they're complaining, it just means that they care that much. And, you, and you're going to do what you can to fix it. So right. I, think, I think that's the the, the – the viewing it kind of in the in the optimistic glass half full kind of way is the right way, not because mm-hmm. well it's just it's more positive because it's true because mm-hmm. the alternative is apathy and nobody mm-hmm. wants that. Yeah. I don't, you don't, you don't, and that's one thing you can't say about the Cajun fan base is they're right now in twenty twenty one they're they are not apathetic they yeah. are uh, they are into it. That's right, they are, and, and honestly we're, we're continuing to see more and more engagement than we ever have whether that be through our social platforms, obviously game day attendance 
it is what it is, and we can only control that so much. But, you know, the fans have done such a tremendous job of growing our social platforms. Our social accounts are hitting record highs, and I mean like triple, tripling the engagements. Uh, you see the investments coming in, whether that be uh, through, you know, new sponsorships. We just got a massive supporter through Dudley DeBosier that just jumped on board uh, through our Raging Cajun Sport property team to, you know, the, the, the momentum building behind um, – uh, everything we have on a fundraising front. So we're really excited about all of this. But again, we got to keep pressing and doubling down because this is, this is all, you know, all boats rise with the tide, uh, but we all have to be, you know, rowing here too. And that's the key is, uh, you know, if you're, if you are a supporter, I do want to make sure we say thank you. We, we greatly appreciate your support. Um, and, and if you are, I challenge you, get more people involved. We need more like you. Recruit two, three of your friends to get involved, whether it be through RCAF. Uh, you know, football season tickets are are actually uh, renewals. That's what are, I was going to be asking you about next. So ren- go ahead and jump on that. Renewals are live right now. We've been live uh, each year. We go earlier and earlier on renewals. Eventually, you know, I always want to be in a renewal mode uh, just to make it more convenient on the fans, really. Uh, but also, we have season tickets ready to go on sale right now, uh, and that's the key: is we're making inventory available earlier and earlier and earlier to make sure that we're able to capitalize on this momentum and get people, give people the opportunity to get involved. You want to support buy season tickets. You want to support. We need you to donate to the RCF. We need you to become an RCF investor, buy a t-shirt from the, the raging Cajun store, you know, rep that in town. Let's see it. Right. Uh, especially today it's where red Friday, Scott. So we're really pumped up about that. Uh, but o- overall, we we want to continue to push things here in the community for the Raging Cajun brand uh, because we're great stewards of, of a community asset here. Uh, and for me, I think it's an opportunity for us to showcase the wonderful things our student athletes and sport programs are doing for our community uh, and everything. And a way to be a part of that is, again, to support us uh, with your time, talent, and treasure. But again, back to that, we have tickets on sale right now for fans to jump on board with with uh, season tickets for football. The south end zone, we're actually converting that into reserved seating this year for the first year. So that's going to be a new option for folks to purchase right now. Uh, pretty affordable seat location, but also has some of the top amenities in that venue until we get to a renovation, right? But the south end zone has access to, to new restrooms, new concession stands, some shaded areas, wider concourse, newer concourse, and access to the uh, entry and exit ways. So if you're parking on the, 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 the home side, if you will, on the Cajun Field Tower side, it'll get you in and out of the, the venue pretty quickly. So again, if you want to support, we need your support here, okay? Jump on board, become a season ticket member, Don't donate to the RCF, become an investor, and again, come out to games or, or, or again, help champion us in the community. And uh, we're grateful for all those folks who have done so and again i want to challenge you continue to help us build the base here all right we'll uh we'll take a quick time out we'll come back nico yanko deputy director of athletics for ul raging cajuns is our guest we'll dig into uh what's happening in pensacola this weekend we'll ask him about peanuts and more it's espn 1420 espn 1420.com and the espn 1420 app i'm scott prather this is the great scott show sponsored by suit up
Welcome back. It's like, why am I not hearing myself <laughs> in my earphones? Welcome back. Turned on program wasn't on. Into the great Scott show, the great sports callers, open thing tank. Nico Yanko, deputy director of athletics for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, is our guest right now. Uh, sponsored by Suit Up. Uh, Nico, over at uh, at MLT Moore Field at Russo Park, there's a long history with uh, with Mr. Vic and the peanuts and the peanut stand, and um, it's a it's a topic that listeners ask me about, and I'm not I'm not privy to all of the details or anything like that. I just know that it's something that they they care very much about. Um, and peanuts, I also know it's a pandemic, and there's a lot of other things happening. And and Top came on last hour, and he 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 said, look, I mean it's there's a contract and uh, with the university and, and he kind of explained it a little bit, but I, I wanted to ask you while I had you, cause I know some fans are interested. Mm-hmm. What, what is the situation with the peanut stand at, at Russo park? And, um, and, and is that in the future? Where are we at with it? No, I appreciate you asking that question too, Scott, cause I, I know that's something uh, clearly a lot of folks are very interested in and, and uh, ready for, you know, I, I think that's an exciting deal. Uh, when that opportunity comes, and I, I will tell you, we're very optimistic about it, uh, and, and being in contacts and, and working uh, with our concessions partner, Sodexo. Uh, you know, the way the process works is c- the concession business; those individuals will have to sign contracts as vendors with, um, you know, our concession partner, Sodexo, to have access to come in and, and facilitate and serve within the venues. Uh, and, and with all the changes going on right now, as we've seen this week, uh, I think this really opens up that door to, to have that conversation and to get those things finalized. So uh, I don't want to put a timeline on it just yet, uh, but we're very optimistic about that and, and maybe a few other vendors. And if, let's say, in a different uh, you know world, a different dimension where COVID-19 doesn't hit, if this is your standard procedure in normal baseball season, is it there? Is this more of a product of the pandemic in terms of? Yeah, I mean, you know, you you know, all things in a normal circumstance. I think it's a heck of a lot easier to go through that process for our concessions partner to to have vendors there. But again, the pandemic impacts us in so many ways, right? And this was just one of the things that on game days we hadn't had vendors uh, in our venues up until this point, and and we appreciate their patience and and willingness to be on standby. You know, I think being on the ready, right, is, is as important as just the product itself. Um, so, again, we'll see how this transpires over the next day or so, um, but I think that would be uh, a good to get back out there with the fans. And, and, again, I appreciate you having the opportunity for us to talk about that candidly here. But, but again, there's a process to it like anything, and with those contracts, we just need to make sure uh, that all that stuff comes together. But I know Sodexo is working around the clock with these vendors and having dialogue with them. Um, so uh, we're optimistic about this, and uh, I would just say stay tuned. ESPN1420.com. Um, Gary Broadhead, Rage Cage Women's Basketball, Sunbelt Conference Champs. On fire. Um, I, I I guess I'll look ahead. I mean, they got a game tomorrow they need to win. If they win, they got a game Sunday they need to win. Right. I think they'll be playing Monday. Um probably against Troy on these airwaves, tip off around one thirty or so. I know you're going to Pensacola this weekend. Um, I, With what Gary's been through and that team's been through and, and last season getting cut off before they got to finish and they were still winning, uh, really happy for him. But I know they got a big goal here. And Coach Broadhead told me on this show uh, just a few days ago that if they win 
the tournament championship, he will uh, he will be doing the gritty, and he's been working on it. He has been practicing. I've seen him do so it. You've seen him do the gritty. Yeah, I'll tell you what that that women's basketball staff. They can dance now, all right? You should have seen well, them. Well, they, they, Gary needs work, but the, <laughs> the others on staff have some in his own got way, some good he's, rhythm. He's got some rhythm. In his own way, he's got some swagger. Um, but, no, I, look, I think that just tells you right there how much fun that group is having. And to us, that's everything, is that team gets to go out and compete for championships, win championships, right? You know, you're the first time ever regular season champions of the Sun Belt. And to me, in the 50 years of a program, I think that's just where uh, we're just now scratching the surface of the potential of what we can be here as a women's basketball program. And I think that's awesome, right? Uh, and, and that's kudos to not, not just Coach Broadhead, but that entire staff uh, from Deke and Val, MC, you know, Brooklyn, you know, Amber. That whole crew really spends a lot of time. Stephanie, our athletic trainer, does a lot of great work there. Josh Bruner on the road all the time. You know, I saw Ian walking in. I know he's on the road with them frequently on the radio, and I think it just shows uh, that we're doing a lot of great things. But to complement the, the the probably the the main group is that senior class. Uh, those those group of girls have done a tremendous job, not only coming off of a season that was cut short. You know what a travesty last year was for all of us, right? But you know they were cut short right in their competitions uh, to come back out with a purpose and, and to, to finish the season the way we are. I mean, you're on a 13 win. Uh, winning streak, you know, your Sunbelt Conference regular season champs. Uh, you, you get this play tomorrow over over in Pensacola. Uh, hopefully we'll see who, who it is. Uh, I think that game tips off here earlier. Yeah, uh, this, either today. South Al or, uh, or Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Yeah. yeah, so that's a great opportunity for them, great exposure for our programs. And we're just excited those girls get to go and compete. And, uh, you know, if not, if we don't make it to Monday and win, you know, at least you know you're going to land in the WNIT, which is a great deal for our program. Uh, but the goal always, you know, let's go out and uh, let's go compete and have some fun, and we'll see where this thing goes this weekend. Men playing uh, at 5 o'clock on Saturday as the two seed. They got the bye. They're facing the winner of ULM in South Alabama, who will play today. Um, and then if they win, they'll play Sunday afternoon, and then if they win again, they play Monday night. Um, you and Dr. Maggard heading to Pensacola this weekend, and um, – no one's going to see y'all at the beach. Y'all are going to be at two different arenas uh, taking in a lot of basketball. It's it's a lot of basketball. Uh, it's a lot of process, you know, from, you know, working hand-in-hand with our, our basketball director of operations between Mike Murphy and MC. They do a great job of this. But, you know, you're, you're trying to make sure player pass stuff goes to protocol, credentials. There's a lot of processes that go into play here for these postseason events. But the, the key thing for us is we're going to be at each of these games uh, and I, I honestly, I don't even know what the weather is right now, so I, I feel bad. I haven't even planned to pack, but uh, that just tells you we're not we're not looking for a vacation here. We're, we're looking to go get some W's. It's uh, it's big moment here, and uh, you know it's hard to believe Sunday is uh, selections uh, Sunday on the men's side of things. Or no, I'm sorry, we're we're a week out from that selection Sunday coming up, and then. The schedule for March Madness is different this year because it's like a Friday through a Monday, so yeah. it's not really a selection Sunday. It's yeah. a what's a selection Monday, Monday show or something. Monday now, yeah. Selection Monday. It's uh, I, I'm. If anything, this pandemic has reminded me is that my inner calendar in my mind is just a sports calendar. Yeah. Everything revolves around that. Yes. Yes. So when a game's played at a certain time, like when I think back to memories, like what year was that? I just think of like a sporting event that took place that year, and then I remember. Yeah, that's how old I am, or that's how old my kid is, or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
when they throw it off a little bit, Selection Monday, I'm I, I'm still going to call it Selection Sunday. It's weird. We're creatures of habit in that sense, but uh, no, this year has certainly made us all forced us to be all very flexible and adapt. And this is just one of those things for an opportunity to, to get these uh, young people to go have an opportunity to go and play. We'll do whatever it takes, right, to make sure that they're having a safe opportunity. And uh, if it means, you know, no watch parties in the public or whatever it is for these selection shows, you know, we're still going to make sure they get a chance to celebrate these accomplishments and uh, and enjoy it. Along Hopefully their doing the gritty. That's right, doing the gritty. I just want to see Magger do the gritty. I think I think Brian could – I think he could go for it. I, I don't know. I, I would probably say Kerry, you know, is probably the one with more of the, mm-hmm. the skill in that area. I mean, they've got, you know – Two dancers in the family. Right, right. You'd think you'd be yeah, very, very talented. I just don't. I I've think just, I remember his arms flopping around after that win. We got to work think. on his footwork. <laughs> what about you, though? Me? See, the, see the Nico. We can bust a move there, man. Look, see the gritty. Look, that's how. Uh, trust me, I won my wife over <laughs> were, by being able to dance. That's right. <laughs> and now you guys are uh, twenty-six weeks into, um, you know, welcoming the first uh, baby Yanko. That's right. Uh, good luck with that, Nico. Thank you. Uh, before I, uh, I wrap it up with you, you mentioned the word "young" a minute ago, and talking about the teams. What what what's the key to developing and keeping a young fan? Right. Mm-hmm. You talked about the social media being as high as it is, and you see fans on social media, and depending on the platform, you're going to see different reaction and different, mm-hmm. a lot of times, different age of. Like, I'll say this, you know, a Cajun fan is maybe going to react differently with you on Twitter than they are on Facebook type of deal. Yeah. But you, you see a lot of young fans on that. Now, some young fans are just maybe just out of school. They're, they're, they're an alum. They don't have the money yet, but they want to get tickets. And how do you guys approach keeping up with the young fans, mm-hmm. how much they're on the phone, and eventually integrating them into, okay, now you got your season tickets, you're having a lot of success, we want you to be part of this, you know, support the RCAF. Yeah. As as sports change and how young fans um, yeah. take it all in, mm-hmm. right? Because it's different. I mean, you know, 10 years doesn't seem like a long time. You go back to 2011, yeah. things were very different, very especially different. in terms of TV numbers, who's watching on TV versus a stream, radio, all that stuff. Yeah. How do you guys keep up with that and try to tap into that passion of a young fan and make sure that it doesn't get lost when they look at their phone and, you know, we get into something else? You know, there's certainly a cycle of, of fan bases, right, uh, from youth to uh, young adult to, you know, the college student and the young professional all the way up to um, folks who are, are, you know, a little bit more seasoned at being fans. And, and I think for us – it's making sure that we're always looking at innovative ways to engage them, okay? And we always want to have an opportunity to to advance the brand and the community. That's why we're so outwardly facing now, uh, whether that be through our digital platforms, our public engagements, you know, everything we do, we're constantly out in the community so that we can listen, right? And a part of it is just listening. Uh, but two, that's where, you know, we have programs that we're constantly evolving, like the Young Rage and Cajuns uh, Kids Club, that's that's an opportunity that we try to get kids involved and turn them into fans earlier so that they're passionate about the Raging Cajuns because it's not just becoming a fan. These are people that we hope, you know, if, if they're student athletes, we want them to come play for us. If they're uh, just regular, you know, just want to be students here, we want them to come to UL. I think it's the, the, the advertisement of the university and the engagement that we provide uh, for this community and nationally 
that we want to keep people tied and fall in love with the uh, fall in love with the story of UL and the Raging Cajuns. And I think that's the really cool thing here that we have an opportunity to do. But but again, it's not just an age demographic; it's all demographics that we have to make sure that in this day and age we're 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 having an opportunity to find what connects with Scott, what connects with uh, you know. Marnie, what connects with Brian? You know, what are these these it's, different it's people? It's TikTok with Brian. Yeah, it's TikTok with Brian. It is, you know, he's, he's I don't think he's on there. <laughs> I hope he's not. <laughs> um, but but no, it, it really is. You know, it, it's not just an age demographic thing of understanding how we connect, but it, it's all different demographics. And I think that's the the beauty of sport, right? It's it's the great uniter, not only from a sense of community, but also. There's something that makes you passionate about it and however, whatever your, your passion is for sport, right? And and that's where, you know, as our technologies evolve, you know, the digital space we know is a hot priority, not only from the fans, but recruits. And that's why we've made so many strong investments in that space from Patrick Crawford, Doug Domain, Heather Williams, Ryan Benoit, our entire communications and marketing squads that support that. Uh, we know we have to invest in this front because this is going to be the number one vehicle now, what platform you utilize through the digital spaces is different. And like you said, how you communicate on there is different. Um, but it's it's just knowing your audience. But I think it starts with listening and watching and always coming up with innovative strategies to to get them involved. And, th- and then here's the other thing is once we get them involved with us, we want their experience to be so great that they always want to come back for more. And to me, that's the key. It's uh, Deputy Director of Athletics, Nico Yanko for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. Before I let you run, we've covered the new attendance um, policies at Russo Park at Lampson Park. We've covered uh, the peanut situation. We've covered Cajun hoops and a number of other things. Louisiana football uh, season ticket renewals. Is there anything else you want to add before we let you run? No, just want to thank everybody for their support. Uh, I would tell you, you no, know, we did also this week we launched the football schedule. It feels like a decade ago at this point, but uh, on the first we rolled out the the 2021 football schedule. So up online, check that out when you can. A lot of competitive opportunities for us this year. Um, several of those are going to be on a linear ESPN platform, and and you know even though those games will be midweek games, you know I think the cool thing about that is the exposure it brings for UL. You know our average audience last year for those games uh, was eight hundred thirty-two thousand people. Where can we cap have a captive audience of almost a million people on average for four plus hours? You know, that's just, that's something that's, you, you can't quantify the value of that for the Raging Cajuns. And, and honestly, that's what showcases a great football program. And that's what we have building over there, compliments to Coach Napier, his staff, and those student athletes and everything going on for this university. We get to showcase that on these massive, massive platforms. But again, a competitive schedule next year, opening up, uh, get to come back home against a Nickel State team, which was an FCS playoff team a few years ago. Uh, a great Ohio program is coming to town. I think that's going to be a really competitive team um, who's made a bowl game, I think, five out of the past six years. Uh, you know, you're going to have an App State game here. You know, homecoming's going to be against Texas State. So, again, a really, really good schedule for us, and we're excited for those folks who have renewed already. But just keep in mind, check your emails. Renewals are live right now. If you do want to purchase today, you can purchase them today in the south end zone or general admission areas. Uh, and get on the request list if you want to have opportunities to upgrade those locations uh, later this summer when we get to that process. The renewal deadline is April 22nd, 
and Scott, that will also be our spring game. So just stay tuned for that. April 22nd is the, the ticket renewal deadline. It is a Thursday, and it's also our spring game. Nico, appreciate you coming in, man. All the best. Same here, man. Appreciate you.